Well, we've talked about uh, how words are so important. Um, I remember, I mean, uh, I don't know if you, I, I guarantee you, you've had one of these experiences where you have just been hanging out and then somebody said a word, just a word, a sentence, and it just, everything changed for you, all right? Oh, I was, I remember, it's 2006, I'm, I'm, I'm going out to grab, uh, we didn't feel like cooking, I was going out to grab some uh, Mexican food, because you have that, tons of that in, uh, in West Texas, bringing it back home. I, I came back home, and my wife kind of looked funny, uh, and I was like, hey, wh- what's going on? And she like, just looked at me, and she just said, I'm pregnant. And I remember, have you ever been on a roller coaster? And then like, when you're at the top, and then you, then the, then you have the dive in the roller coaster, and you kind of feel like you, you might go to the bathroom on yourself. You know, that just that, that one moment, like, I got to clinch up here. You know what I'm talking about? Is that a little too much, that TMI? Sorry. I'm just saying, like, you just have that moment in your stomach. Yeah. You just got to clinch. All right. That's what that, like, two words, I'm pregnant, and all of a sudden, all right, the world's changed, right? I, I, nothing's happened to me, but I feel different now, okay? That's what words do. They have meaning, and if that's the truth for us here, then listen, how much of, that was a good joke. Y'all are still going. Y'all got to settle down. If that's true of us, where words can have that kind of meaning in our lives in just, again, in, in a moment, how much more power and weight is on the word of God? It has power on it, infinite power, infinite power to change our lives, to change and transform us. That's what I was praying before, and that's what I'm asking God would just release even over us this morning. It has power. Psalm 33, verse 6, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth, all their host. What a powerful reality. It's kind of, we can put that in kind of acute religious terms, but hear this. The universe exists because God just spoke it into being. He said it. His word is full of power and over and over and over all throughout the scripture. What we find is that the word of God has so much power, it brings life, it brings transformation. Jesus did the same thing. He came and he spoke and just life happened. He just stood in front of a, a grave and said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus just shot up. A man whose heart had not beat for three days, a man whose brain had not worked, and he just said, come forward. Life happened. Jesus does this. It's not... Uh, a, a cute thing that we get to read about. This is power that is in the word of the Lord. Jesus was in the beginning, John 1, the word. The word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God and all things were made through him and without anything, and I'm sorry, without him was not anything made that was made. And in him was life and the life was the light of men. Jesus is effectively saying his words are more than just words. It is power and life, spirit and life. Scripture says, John, uh, John chapter 6, Jesus' words, the words that I have spoken to you are of spirit 
and life. That's how meaningful these words are. When he's talking, he's not just saying words, anything that Jesus says. We're talking about actual spiritual power. We're talking about spiritual life that can transform us, can transform a culture, can transform a society, can transform history, transform people. Words that can literally do the impossible. What we would look at and go, that's not possible. Jesus is saying, it absolutely is possible with my word. Say in Hebrews chapter 4, the word of God is living. The word of God is living and it's active. These are unbelievable words. This, uh, the word living in the, in, in the Greek is the word uh, zoe. Maybe where we'd get the word zoology or the study of life and how things move and operate. It says he's also not, it's not just alive, but it's also active or energos is the Greek word. Energy. There's power. It's active. It's moving. It has the ability to do things that we cannot do on our own. It's an unbelievable thing that he gives to us. And then he says that word that's actually life and has energy or power on it. What he says is it goes to the deep place, says it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It goes to the center. It penetrates dividing soul and joint, spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. What he's saying is this is not some hatchet job, right? He's not talk, talking about some kind of chainsaw. This is like this scalpel that can come in with precision in you, pinpoint the thing in you that needs to be changed and go right to the source. Like whatever is going on in you today and you're going, God, I wish you would change this thing or I wish this thing was different. You come to the word of God and it has the ability to do that if you'll open your hands to it. it can change the things that you and I can't change on our own. How much do you want to see changed in you, in your home, in the world? The word is the answer. It's able to do that. There's a pastor, D.L. Moody, he's a famous pastor in the Chicago area more than 100 years ago, and he it just has a simple quote. He said that the Bible is not given to increase our knowledge the Bible was given to change our lives. I think so often the idea in churches is that we'll come to the word and we'll get some information about how to do things better. And God's saying, no, no, you don't understand. My word is life and power. We don't come to it to figure out which way to go. We come to it to be changed in his image and move from it. And what's so unbelievably powerful is that that is what Jesus did in his father. When he was on the earth, he lived by the word of the father. There's so much scripture coming out of Jesus all the time. It's unbelievable how much he quoted scripture quoted the words of the Father. He lived on it, and, and, and from that, he, 
lived in power. And it changed things. So this is what I want to just try to answer today. How does the living word of God change me? How does it change me? What does it do? What ways? That's what I want to just take these last few minutes to answer. I'm going to try to unpack. I have five ways outlined here because I couldn't do I couldn't do a hundred and forty thousand point sermon. So uh, it has many ways to change this, but I'm just going to try to hit the highlights here this morning. All right, God's word always gives me a fresh beginning. God's word always gives me a fresh beginning. I can guarantee you there are many of you in here who are going like, I just, I need a fresh start. Sometimes we'll look to the new year. New year's a great time for a fresh start. There's a better fresh start. And he's ready to give it to us. Mean, meaning when life feels like it's falling apart or it's not going well, or it feels like it's gone to the dogs, or you feel like you're at the end of your rope, God's word comes in and it actually creates fresh, brand new life. New whole life, fresh start, new beginnings. We get to see it over and over. The scripture actually talks about it being born again. And if you got to grow up in a church, what you typically think of is uh, we get born again uh, is to that one time we came down and met with a pastor and got saved or, you know, we prayed that prayer and we got born again. But that's actually not the picture. The idea of being born again is being renewed, changed, transformed, born again regularly, all the time, fresh life, a clean slate that is given every day. The Old Testament would say it this way, that you are guaranteed the fresh mercies, the new mercies every morning. Every time your eyes pop open is a chance to be reborn, fresh start. Scripture says in James chapter 1, 18, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. How good is that? Let that one just sit with you for a moment. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of his truth, bringing us forward this spiritual birth, life, salvation that comes through this word of truth, 2 Corinthians 5. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's what? New creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. This is one of the most fascinating things about what it means to be saved is that we have new birth and life every day. Not one time. Yes, we were one time, uh, what the scripture would say, justified, but then fresh birth called being sanctified every day. Fresh things that God wants to do, new ways that he wants to uh, move in our hearts, new things that he wants to speak all the time. Apostle Peter says it this way. He says, you've been born again. Hear this, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. I don't think we could overestimate the power of God's word over our lives. How mission critical it is to any one of us 
for living in fullness right now. It's critical to our lives. It's not just words, it's alive. It's this enduring word, imperishable, living, abiding word, thing, this thing that gets to come into us and swirl about and get into our bloodstream, get into the life of our hearts and minds and change us so it recreates us. But not only does that, uh, God's word eradicates guilt and shame, kills it. Toxic shame and guilt are by far the greatest enemy to us living in the fullness of life that God has for us, without question. That's what the enemy is just, by the way, that's what the enemy is constantly gunning for, toxic shame and guilt over every way that we've fallen short. And he just wants to keep bringing it over and over and over. And I'm just here to tell you now, if you find yourself really wrestling to find life in God because of how badly you have blown it in life, hear this, run, don't walk straight to the word of God that comes to wash us from the top of our head to the bottom of our feet and make us new. Run to it. Come to the word. Let it like be the source, the safe place, right? The tendency is to do what Adam and Eve did. When we've blown it, we run and hide. And the word of God is saying, no, run to the word. Come to me with that. First John 1, if we confess our sins, which is confess just means to agree. We agree, God, with what you say. If we just agree with what you say, where where we're broken, he is faithful and he is just as the righteous judge to what? Forgive us and to cleanse us from every unrighteousness. What an unbelievable thing. You can right now by the word of God just be made pure. Like every broken thing in you just made whole. What an unbelievable thing to come to the word. It's going to wash you, right? One of the best things that we get to do, if you've got kids, one of the coolest, best things, uh, like the most like life-giving things is when you got a little baby and they're, they just trashed their face because they don't know how to use the hands, right? They're one-year-old, uh, usually like, uh, you guys had a one-year-old birthday party and you just let the kid have the cake. It's like the first time, one-year-old birthday party, you're just gonna, I'm just gonna give you the cake. What do you wanna do with this? And they're kind of like, are you serious? And then they just, you know, just plow into it, right? And the best thing in the whole world is after you get to throw them in the sink, basically, and wash them up, and they're just clean as could be, and pure as could be, and precious as could be. That's just this thing the Word of God has this ability to do, is just take us and all the mess and just wash us clean. Remove guilt and shame. And when he does that, what Jesus says is, when you come to the word that way, then there is, therefore now, no condemnation 
for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's plenty of condemnation for sin and brokenness. But God just does this thing where you come to the word and he says, then it's applied. All that condemnation was applied to Jesus so you can just come freely, clean, with hope. That's what he wants to give to us. In Ephesians 5, there's this, he's calling husbands to love their wives and he's given us this picture of husbands loving their wives the way Christ loved the church. And he says, Christ loved the church because he gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing of the water with the word. Cleansing with the word. It washes. So powerful. I, it's a, one of the most unbelievable things that Jesus says. John chapter uh, 15, he's talking to his 12 disciples. He's talking to his, his followers. And he says in John 15, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Now, what a powerful thing for Jesus to speak over these men who are about to abandon him. They're just going to mess it up really bad. They're going to turn their backs. They're going to betray him. They all scatter. Not one stands for him. But that's not what Jesus is seeing. What Jesus looks at them that night is they're about to have supper and looks at them and says, every one of you is clean because I've breathed my word on you. Wow. What a gift. What a gift to be able to have to come to. What a treasure that we get to have. It's the difference between a cute idea that, yeah, there's no condemnation, than actually coming up and not being condemned because Jesus took it all on his shoulders and gave us his purity in life. Man, it's a powerful thing. God's word fuels fresh faith, fresh faith, just gives fresh life and faith to us. We read that scripture last week, but it says faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. That was last Sunday. You know, it's the easiest thing in the world is just to get locked down in fear, to be afraid to take the risk or to step out or not know what you're supposed to do or where you're supposed to go, what the risks are, afraid to fail, fearful of the days ahead, not walking in confidence. That feels like that, that, that most of the time we're being beckoned into that place, wrestling with that. And scripture just has this way of taking those moments where we feel unsure and just begins to infuse us with faith for the days ahead. Um, I don't know if you heard the, the statistic that uh, it's like, it just came out, uh, maybe it's last year, early last year, 42% of pastors contemplated leaving the ministry after all the COVID stuff. It's hard. So many people had really hardships through that. You know, small businesses that were getting shut down. It was a really, really bad and hard time. Ministry was definitely one of those places. And I'd be lying to you if we weren't, I mean, it would be awesome. What we always want to do is like, ah, we got it. 
pastor stand up here, we are going to be faithful and get through. But I'm going to be honest with you. There were some hard days like, gosh, can we keep doing this? I don't know. Church online? I don't know. We just, you know, the church is a TV studio and it feels weird. I don't know. Like lots of questions. And I just was tempted to what I, what not, my flesh always wants to do, just put my head down and just keep bearing forward. But I should be honest, that's not a great way to operate. Like, duck your head and just keep plowing forward. And so my wife, who's infinitely amazing and spiritual and loves Jesus and listens to him, was just like, hey, we, what's the Lord saying? And I'm like, I don't want to ask that question. I want to duck my head and keep plowing forward. <laughs> I, and I'm pretty sure I shamed her for asking that question. Like, we need to hear God's word. Like, what, did he call us here? Not. And we just have to take a step back because you're going like, hey, man, we, you know, the word of the Lord is what brought us here. We had it all cushy. We had, we had a great home church. We had our kids, had a great family of faith doing the ministry. And then the Lord just said, hey. He just started poking and saying, hey, it's awesome, but I have something else for you. And all your family and all the comforts here, but I have something else for you. I want what I'm putting in you. I want you to be able to give it away to another group of people that I love and I care about. You're that. You're it. God was thinking about you when he was thinking about us. So we got a chance to come back. My wife got to ask that question. I'm finally like, okay. I don't, because I, I don't want to be inconvenienced. I don't like to slow down. And truthfully, I like to, in my flesh, gut things out. But that's not what the Lord's ever asked us to do. The scripture uh, God gave to my wife, actually, uh, maybe a year or two before we even met, Ezekiel 36. It's this promise to Israel. Um, and she was reading it, and she just knew immediately it was over her. Like, the Lord was speaking this word to Israel he was saying, this is for you. Just that, the way, a prophetic way that God does that. Ezekiel 36, for behold, I'm for you and I'll turn to you and you shall be tilled and sown and I will multiply people on you, the whole house of Israel, all of it, the cities shall be inhabited and the waste places rebuilt and I'll multiply you man and beast and they shall multiply and be fruitful and I will cause you to be inhabited as in your former times and will do more good to you than ever before. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So she had that promise and then I got married to her and I got part of that promise. And then or we had children when they got to be a part of that promise. And then all of a sudden, it was just for her or just for me or just for our kids. All of a sudden, it was like, no, there's a whole people that I want to do this with. So I'm just going to ask you to leave home and go somewhere else and do that with them so that we could do this in a church. And then we could actually believe that God would do this in a city. And I'm telling you, What's more galvanizing than put your head down and keep plowing forward is to come and listen to the word of the Lord. And when you get under the word of the Lord, all of a sudden you can be refreshed and you can just go, God, what do you want to do with your church? One of the best things in the world is when we just let go of trying to be in control of the things and say, no, God, you're the one in control. What's your word? What are you saying? What are you saying about our family? What are you saying about our church? What are you saying about this city? 
We need to hear it. It's the, one, it's the thing that brings life. And you get revitalized that way. It's a beautiful thing that God does when he fuels this fresh faith when we ask him. And then he opens our mind. God's word begins to open our mind up. It wants to illuminate. It wants to open us to what he's doing. Psalm 119, 130, the unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple, meaning you may not feel like you got it all figured out, and it's the beauty and the power of the word that actually changes. You might even have opened the scripture before and go like, I don't, I'm not getting a lot out of this. I don't know if you've ever done that before. Let me just be honest. When you open the Bible and you're reading it, you're like, I don't, man, this genealogy is killing me, right? And you're just like, what am I supposed to do with this? Here's the great thing. Here's the great thing about God. He's so faithful. When you read a scripture and in the moment it doesn't mean anything to you, that doesn't mean that he doesn't have something powerful to give you down the road if you'll trust him to keep putting it in, keep placing that word inside of you. And you're going, I'm reading this thing and I don't understand it. I'm asking some questions and I'm just trying to be faithful here. And what God wants to say is, listen, the thing that feels like it's not understandable, I'm going to make simple. I'm going to bring life to you. I might not do it right away, but just keep trusting me and bring it so that I open your heart and mind to it. Psalm 119.99, I have more understanding than all my teachers I have more understanding than all my teachers for your testimonies are my meditation. Meaning you can have deep and rich insight far beyond the greatest minds just because you come near to the Lord and his word. What a cool thing. It's one of those coffee mug verses, but it's so powerful and true. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. It opens the understanding. I'll just finish with this. God's word actually, truly sets us free. That's what it does. Sets us free. Every day is the invitation from the enemy to just live on the expectations of everyone else around you. Just, are you living up? Are you good enough? Do you have what it takes? You hear those questions all the time, over and over. What will people think about me? Do they approve of me? Things, maybe even people said stuff. You can't do that. You won't ever be able to accomplish that. You don't have the ability to do that. There's not, that's not who you are. You don't have that much worth. You don't amount to that much. Those are those words that get played over and over because the enemy's just screaming them constantly. And it's the word of God that says, brother, sister, you have no idea what you are capable of in me. No idea. The enemy's constantly trying to drag you and I down. And the Lord is speaking the opposite. What could and can I do if you'll trust me? and live fully 
free, free from the bonds of having to please everyone else around you, free from the bondage of having to try to uh, uh, live for yourself, which is the greatest prison that we don't ever really show up to, but always just trying to do our own thing. These prisons that we create in our mind that the enemy tries to create and the Lord's saying, I'm ready to remove you from that prison and give you fullness of freedom in me. John chapter 8, 31. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. So this is cool, by the way. Newsflash, the disciples are more than 12. It's you. You're in the number. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples. Now, that's cool. And you will know the truth. If you abide in my word, then you will know the truth. And that truth will set you free. Wow. You and I have access to full freedom from the constraints of the world around us, from the harassing voice of the enemy, to be able to step into living fully free, able to speak with life, unencumbered by the brokenness around us, brokenness of the world around us. It unlocks us. It liberates us. It'll give you and I the ability to do and to say things that we never could before. I want you to say that again. The word of God opens up the capacity to do and to say things that we've never been able to do or say before. That kind of freedom in him, it transforms us. If you're hoping for change, which I don't know anybody that isn't wanting some kind of change in their life, in their lives, in the world around them, homes, in workplaces, in cities, in governments, in nations, in the world. And you're just asking God, I just, I want to see change. If you want to see change and transformation, it begins and ends with the word of the Lord the very scripture we hold in our hands, the declarations that come from the Spirit of God who takes these printed words on the page and turns it alive and makes it vibrant, life, energy, power. And he wants to impart that to us this morning. So we're just gonna take a moment to do that. You guys come up. Y'all put your stuff away. In fact, why don't you go ahead and stand? So we're just going to ask for the word of the Lord. If you would just close your eyes for a moment. If you can, as best you can, just ask the Lord to remove every distraction. It's easy to be thinking about all the things but we just want to lay that down for a moment. We're going to give him this last three or four minutes. Would you just come now and 
Be honest with the Lord about what you're asking him to change in you first. And there's a lot of things that we want to be able to see changed in the world around us, but it starts here. Lord, what do you want to change in me? Would you just ask him that question? What do you want to change in me? We just offer that to him. Now, whatever it is that you're asking him to change, hand that over to him. And would you just ask him to speak now? Speak his word to you. He may give you a scripture, give you a picture, may give you a phrase. Would you just ask him? Lord, what's your word? Lord, I'm just asking all over this room, would you just speak? Now, would you just ask him this? Lord, right now, would you give me fresh, fresh hunger to receive your word again? We're hungry and longing to receive your word, word of life, word of truth, word of power. Would you make me hungry for it again to open your scriptures And just even asking, uh, if you've been in that place where um, you felt shame because you haven't read the Bible enough, would you just lay that down so that you can come to the word freely and receive? I thank you, God, that you're able right now to give us fresh hunger for the word, fresh hunger for your truth, fresh hunger for scripture, for it to liberate us, for it to give us life and brightness in our hearts and minds, for it to set us free. For it to give us hope and fresh faith Would you do these things in us because you're a good father? You give good gifts to your children. And we're ready to be with you. We thank you, Lord. And we honor you and we bless you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So we're going to have some prayer partners that uh, are going to come be available just to pray with you. We like to be a praying church, so let's come and pray together. Uh, however, 
you are in need of prayer, we'd love to do that this morning. I'm going to pray a blessing over us as we go uh, this morning. Don't forget to sign up for a group. You can drop this off in the black box, or you can drop it off at the welcome table. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of Jesus, the Messiah, Savior of the world, we pray. Amen.